0: Everybody, and welcome to a special bonus episode on my podcast, Scott Half Heart Wrestling, by yours truly, Jamal Honus. And I'm going to talk about one of the greater Table, Lads, and Chairs events that happened in history, the one that happened two years ago, called Table, las, and Chairs 2018. It'll be on December 16, 2018, represented by Raw, SmackDown, and 205 Live. This going to be live from the SAP Center in San Jose, California with an intense record of 13,408 fans here. Not too bad we take that and share this event. I mean, this event will be headlined by the first ever Triple Threat Women's Championship match on the SmackDown side between Charlotte Flair, Becky Lynch, and the Empress of Tomorrow, Asuka. So we got this big TLC Triple up main event that came about when, you know, problems work on SmackDown with Becky Lynch being out of action because we're broken those by Nia Jax the Monday at Raw before the Survivor Series. Mind you, Ronda Rousey gets involved here, being the Raw Women's Champion. You know, having to face, well, she's supposedly supposed to face Beckland. She spent the Women's Championship before, Jet injured, and stepping to replace the injured Beckland would be one Charlotte Flair. We saw how these two went down at this 2018 Survivor Series event. Knocked down dragout match. Probably one of the best women's matches one of them I've ever seen in a year between Charlotte Flair and Ronda Rousey. Charlotte Flair pretty much turned the heel that night. Laying out the Rousey with a candlestick. Beck Lynch blames Charlotte for not finishing the job that she would have as she would have rested that night. I mean, keep in mind, Beck Lynch with this notion of transformation, the, the man character, which I think is probably the best, you know, character of, of any woman in the woman's vision history. I still say Beck Lynch right now is still on top, even though she's out with her pregnancy, about to give birth soon. I still think Beck Lynch is still on top of the women's division with or without being the women's champion currently that i will be here today. And then you have involved the Emerson tomorrow Oscar, who had won a battle Royal prior to TLC, but to be in the mix with Tyler Shaw to face for the women's championship at TLC. Thus making this the first ever women's table and chest match triple threat style. And this will be history to say the least here. Alright, let's kick off things with the pre-show here. We got a cruiserweight championship match between Buddy Murphy and Cedric Alexander, Well last in ten minutes thirty five seconds. Here, cool again. I talked about Buddy Murphy being WWE's best kept secret. That is indeed true. I mean, you take a guy like Buddy Murphy and you take the, you know, the athleticism of Cedric Alexander. These two mixed in, you know, it's pretty damn cool to see what these two can do here. This the match Not Nasir least here. If you thought the Buddy Murphy Mustafa Ali match that Survivor Series twenty eighteen would be good. Look at this match up here from the pre-show. I mean, pretty good. Buddy Murphy getting the win in 10 minutes and 35 seconds. Pretty good match to say the least here. Next up here, you got a first, you know, a ladder match, but a guitar was suspended above the ring. The first time to retrieve it and was declared well, the winner. So you have Elias versus Bob Lashley with Leo Rush. Mind you, we've seen how much Leo Rush is in the free and Bob Lashley's matches. Pretty much damn near every single one of his matches. So, it's really interesting how you have this guy like Rush, who is also Kruiswick being to unify the ladder. And he did pretty much so. But still, it well wasn't enough to get Bob Lashley to win as Elias will be the first one to climb the ladder and get the guitar above the ring. I know what you're thinking, guys. A guitar, spin over the ring, and a ladder match. And thus, I think this is probably the first ladder match to be featured on a kickoff show. Which, you know, I feel like this match should have been in part of the main card, but I guess at least here we got plenty of matches with the main card. And then they've just decided to move this one up. So again, there have been there have been some good matches that have should take place in the main card, but you know, let's put it on the kickoff show for some reason due to time infringement. And I don't necessarily agree with this because this was a decent match. It wasn't really a bad match. If I had the rate to rate this match three point five out of three point five out of five stars, to me this is, you know, one of those you know, unique ladder match. It was a unique. It wasn't the great or best, but it was a very unique ladder match. I mean, it's a guitar spin above the ring. That's a traditional. It is. It's like something you sign Jeff Jarrett for, you know? So, yeah. All right. We got to the show. We kick it off with the Mix Max Challenge Finals. Mind you, we've had this Mix Max Challenge on Facebook Watch, Facebook Live, over the past number a couple months here. We had to turn to see who's the best here. And we got some weird pairings here. I, I, I kind of enjoyed the Mistress Smash concept because it's something different. You have, no matter if it was a heel or a kayfabe, you team up together, no matter what man or what woman, it was just a mixed match challenge. You know, you don't really see that much mixed match tag matches in every history, especially on a weekly basis, as you know, a challenge every week on Facebook Watch, every Tuesday, mind you. But yeah, we got the pairing of The Fabulous Truth, Carmela and R Truth, versus the Mechanica. Mahalika, I guess it's Mahalakia, but I don't really know how to pronounce it, but you got the team of Alicia Fox and General Hall. I know what you're thinking, very weird pairings here. But, yeah, the Fabulous truth R-Truth, Carmelo, got the win via submission in 5 minutes and 50 seconds here. the reward was a vacation anywhere they wanted to go. Well, I guess our truth had already become to the punch and. As the Carmel said, that she, she wanted to go somewhere like France or Europe. R Truth seemingly this is probably one, one is funny, but I enjoy R Truth's comedy skit. I really do. This is what makes you want to tune every week on every week on Raw to watch what is R Truth gonna do next. Because R Truth is probably the funniest person to ever be today. Praise R Truth. In running work skills, really good. You know, charismatic, very funny as hell. R Truth, for the winner of this match, with everywhere anywhere in the world he wanted to go, he had picked WWE headquarters in Stanford, Connecticut. I don't think <laughs> you, you couldn't get anything better funny than that. I mean, really, this is an R Troop original. I phrase guy. Like, right now, as far as comedy goes, he is number one on top of the WWE. So, I kind of got to get, <laughs> get R truth for that. I mean, you know, it's pretty funny. <sighs> All right, next up, we got a triple threat taxi man for the SmackDown Taxi Champions. This is probably, by far, on paper, probably a tremendous match. You got started. You got The Bar, Seamus and Cesaro. You got The New Days, Kofi Kingston, and Xavier Woods. Let's begin in that corner, facing the Uso's, Jimmy and Jay Uso. This match has potential to be one of the greatest triple tag team matches in history. Luckily, we saw everything here. We saw all six of these guys go all-out brawl here. But lucky enough, the bar, and champions would defeat the New Day and the Usos to retain the SmackDown Tag Team Champions in 12 minutes 15 seconds. I praise it. Like I said, before i on the podcast, I talked about the 2016 Spartans and how, you know, Shane Cesaro did so good defeating the Usos in that 10-on-10 traditional Sarasas tag team matchup here. How well they worked together. Thanks to the idea of McFoley, you know, it was a really good idea. You got, you know, New Day had been together for six years. You had, the Usos been together for a long time. So for those two teams who have been in longer attacking connections, just to beat by Debar who had been attacking for two years prior, that's a pretty tremendous successful right there. It's cool how James are two great athletes in their singles prime to come on the team and form the It's pretty cool. I loved it. You know, I really did. So finally got the win here at this event. Would really establish up being the top two best tag teams, and in my mind, I think, the best tag teams, new generation, the New Day and the Usos, very tremendous. I said so. I'll praise, you know, I praise the Foley for pinning the bar together. A very successful idea. That's probably one of the many successful ideas of McFoley that has ever been in this new era of WWE's history. I loved it. I really did. Next up, we have a very unique TLC match. There were two TLC matches. This was the first one that happened besides the triple threat women's match in the main event. You would have Braun Strowman versus Barry Corbin and get these stipulations. If Strowman had won, he would have earned a Universal Championship match at a Warrant against Brock Lesnar. However, if Corbin had won, he would have been a full-time junior manager of Monday Night Raw. And like I said, Braun Strowman won. Besides the entire shot, Barry Corbin would be stripped of his authority of power on Monday Night Raw. Very big opportunity here for Strowman to finally lay the rest here, mind you. They've all been complaints about how months prior, even after SummerSlam 2018, that ever since Baron Corbin had been general, well, temporary general manager, Bra, that LeBron seen the lowest ratings ever. You know, not to say yeah. uh, uh, at the least here, and after Athletic abusing his power, we even saw the special referee, who technically I'm a referee, he's a wrestler, he's slated get treated, mistreated throughout that whole entire process. Before, used and abused as well. So, yeah, thanks to a little backup, well, not a little, bit. I'll say this a lot of backup. Thanks to the backup of call Apollo Cruz, Bobby Roode, Chad Gable, Kang, or Infant Malor, even Heath Slater himself, helping Braun Strowman get the win over Baron Corbin in 16 minutes. Thus, Braun Strowman pinning Baron Corbin defeat him. Braun Strowman got the title shot, and Baron Corbin, thanks the heaven God, will show up to the tower. God, I love Baron Corbin. I really do. I praise him for his accomplishments and his current King Corbin gimmick going right now. I love it. It's like the most top heel thing on SmackDown today, but I really didn't like Baron Corbin being Jim Riddler. I didn't. I kind of, that's the only thing I hate about Baron Corbin's career. So when you struck through that, I of like, yes, you know, let him be a wrestler full-time, work on getting to the top. Hell, it worked out. He would evidently defeat Kareem or 35 in fair farewell match. You know, so, Bam Corbin's power was not at all so bad. His career was still up there, you know? But just to see Braun Strowman getting that win and knowing that we'll get a Braun Strowman Brock Lesnar match at the 2019 Warner Rumble match here for the Universal Championship, it was pretty good to see that breath of fresh air, knowing that the fans were happy that Bam Corbin had lost power at being the acting general manager of Money Night Raw. So, it was pretty cool. Alright, next up here, we will see Natalia going against Ruby Riot in a tables match with Liv Morgan and Sarah Logan in Ruby Riot's corner as part of the Riot squad. Mind you, we see things in the past about how the Riot squad made for Natalia for her father passing away months earlier. Aims with discretion. Natalia had been going through an emotional time. I think Natalia right now is the greatest submissions woman wrestler on a roster. Unless you got Asuka, you know, you got Beckman, Flair, who all master submission as well, as Sasha Banks. But you take Natalia's pedigree from the hearts, being the daughter of Jim D. Annabelle Nightheart, being the niece of one Owen and Brett the Hitman heart, you know, her rest of soul. And you take that caliber, that heart caliber, that wrestling pedigree from that family, and that's what you get Natalia. That's what you get from Natalia comes into play here. I really wish that Natalia right now Besides that one SmackDown Championship win that she had three years ago in 2017, and that other one, that Diva Championship win that she had in 2010, I really wish, right now, that it would be Willis Mega champ one more time because she deserves it. She's one of the most hard-working women. In the most number of women's matches, wrestled with a great win-loss record, mind you, in her career. Most, pay- most pay-per-view matches compete with any woman in WWE. So you can compare her to the more. She will still have more pay-per-view wins MVP matches than anybody. That is huge. That's how it is number one right now. And, you know, the face of Ruby Riott here, Ruby Right, another great tremendous competitor here. You know, yeah, from days of NXT to growing up here, she's even competing in Bethesda Wrestling a number of years ago, and I I love it. I really do. But, Natalia, thank God, get the one-hand-tables match up here. At full dependence, Sarah Logan, then Liv Morgan, and then Ruby right herself through tables. This is how tough Natalia proved herself to be that night that she is unstoppable. Even if she's down, she will still rise to the occasion and get back up. That is the nation's credit competency of Natalia. and I love it. I really do. So I praise Natalia for winning this match up here, and I was happy about this decision. Next up, we'll see a bonus match between Finn Balor and Drew McIntyre here. Mind you, I, this is where, you know, I, I love Finn Balor. You know, great wrestler. I love his mystique. I love his character. All that. You know, and then guy like Brooks McIntyre. Jim McIntyre, who originally split up from being of the with Dollsagle at the time. They were former the Raw tattoo champions while feuding with D Nair and Seth Rollins. The thing is, you know, you have you know this big guy Jim McIntyre who should be dominating running throughout the whole entire roster of Monera Raw. And you from Battlehead. this is what I didn't like. You know, it may seem good on paper, but when you look at it, this match is kind of like a mismatch in a way. So, from about the Drew McIntyre in eleven thirty seconds it didn't really quite make sense to me. Here, I feel like this one should prove Drew McIntyre to, to establish himself as a big competitor, as on top of a horse at the time. You know, he really wasn't doing much except that maybe that one win the Survivor Series with him and. Lashley and Strowman being the sole survivors of that match versus SmackDown. But the thing is, it's like, I don't know. I didn't quite, you know, understand what was going on in the United States' career. Mind you, the year before, he was the NXT champion. Before it was Andrade, I had up takeover work in 2017. He comes in, off the injury, debuts on Monday Night Raw the night after it 34. team with Ziggler throughout the summer. Helps Ziggler be, be, keep his Championship against The Rollins. you know, that wins that champ in September of 2018, loses them on the Money Night Raw, the ice, and then in Providence, Rhode Island on October twenty twenty third, I believe, 12th, 20, 25th, 2018, you know? And I don't know. It seems surreal. It seemed like the GMAC tax growth was the an up-and-down roll coast at the time. I didn't really get where that direction was going with it, unless they just wanted to keep Kim Ballard on top as the main guy. You know, because obviously, you know, at this push, I would seemingly defeat Cena and then go up against the Faith Lesnar for the exchange of Rare Warning Bowl. So I guess that he was trying to build that character up, but still not make him seem like he was a small guy, a small predator, you know? So I didn't really like it, but, you know, it happened, evidently. So, yeah, I guess that's how things are ended up being, you know? All right, next up here, we we'll move on to Rey Mysterio versus Randy Orton in a chairs match. Not one of the best chairs matches, I believe, but at the same time, it was pretty cool. You know, I enjoy Mysterio versus Randy Orton because it's like a day risk life matchup. We've seen these two guys in past on SmackDown, so here they are again on SmackDown. But battle in chairs match here. I didn't know. I I can't remember how this match came about. I can't remember, mind you, we were on the same team at Survivor Series when they lost. I guess they kind of worked together as much. But you know, you got stepped back in his prime, head back in the WWE, returning at the at the War Memorial early that year in the War Rumble match. You know, now he's been feuding with different people on SmackDown. Come to Randy Orton. You know, we're in the best Randy Orton there. For him to get the key moments, was magic for him to hit Randy Orton with that six-one with the steel chair. It was pretty cool. I like that. I think the Wu Song see a little bit of the old Rey the high flying. is catch his catch can game. The, mouth, the um. It's like a it's like cat chasing the mouse. Very quick. Very aerial. I love this. So, it was kind of like seeing the overings during this matchup here. And I definitely enjoyed it. This match lasts 11 minutes and 30 seconds. Not very really long chair match, but it was a pretty decent match. So, I enjoyed it a little bit. Alright, next up here. We will see Ronda Rousey take on Nia Jax. Put Tamina in her corner for the World Championship here. Let me tell you something. I, I love Ronda Rousey. Ever since Ronda Rousey came to WWE, she has been a for force. At times, she was undefeated. Actually, she was not defeated at this time. So, you got her taking on Nia Jax. Mind you, these two had a Women's Championship match at Money in the Bank. Before I was to by Alexa, who would cash the Money in the Bank to win the women's Championship? So, this is a return match. We never had a winner between Wanda Rousey and Nia Jax. Coming off, Ryan Rousey is about to beat up pretty badly by Charlotte Flair. But that wouldn't really test to get her. I'll pit her down. So, for her to take on a big challenge at Nia championship, this was... A big move for Ron Raleigh to step up and prove that she was really the best woman on the planet. Because she would defeat Ron Rod- Nia Jax via submission, not by pinfall, to make Nia Jax tap out to the cross arm breaker in 10 minutes, 50 seconds here. This was proving that, you know, she is really the best bitch on the planet. As you can see backstage, after that match here, Becky Lynch with that shot. <laughs> to Nia Jax backstage and keep her name out of her mouth. I felt like this was a really bad night for Nia Jax overall. To get beat by Ronda Rousey and to get knocked out backstage by Becky Lynch. Really bad night for Nia Jax. I didn't even felt bad a little bit, but Nia Jax had to come in by calling herself the facebreaker with that right knuckle and pretty surreal here. So, I think Nia Jax really got what's coming to her that night by Ronda Rousey. So, Pretty badass match, you know. I I actually enjoyed it. It wasn't too bad at all. Next up here, we'll see Daniel Bryan versus AJ Styles with the WWE Championship pair. I'll admit, I was a big fan of Daniel Bryan turning heel before the Survivor series to face Lesnar in the championship matchup. Look, AJ Styles has been champion for a year. On top of the world, from November 2017 through November 2018, AJ Styles has dominated the year as champion, one of the longest championship runs in WWE's history. I can say AJ Styles is a phenomenal. Everywhere AJ Styles has been, what it's been Impact Wrestling, New Japan Wrestling, WWE, he has been the world champion. No matter what, AJ Styles will forever be on top of this game. He's still on top of this game to this very day. So facing Dan O'Brien, this is like that dream match, you know, you never got to see it, but you finally get to see it, you know? But yeah, you suspect know, you like all these high flying graphics, you know, pretty cool from both these guys. Technical wrestling a little bit too, because Dan Ryan can take it down with the good mat Wrestling skills. But at the same time, you gotta admire, you know, AJ for not like, you know, flipping out or getting himself disqualified. Really keeping an edge here to make sure he that that he does defeat Dan Bryan Kong continue that'll be champion here. This match is pretty back and forth here, but Dan Bryan getting in the knee and beating it styles. This time, France quick compared to the first time he two fought on SmackDown last month in November to get the win in 23 minutes and 55 seconds. Pretty good long matchup here. I actually enjoyed it. So, yeah, one of the better, better WWE championship matches that we have seen between two phenomenal competitors. So praise Dan Bryan for having tears turn and become his salty planet champion. Also, AJ's credibility, too. It wouldn't really be, you know, back for it because AJ Styles would still keep himself when he's dead every Tyler pitcher, you know, yet for the next month or so. All right, we'll see. Dean Ambrose versus Seth Rollins for the Intercontinental Championship. This was weird here. As I go back to talk about the men that that I went to and probably sure on um I, I think it actually was October 20th, not 25th. October 20th, 2018, we have saw uh, Dean Ambrose when the tag team champions, thanks to Braun Strowman, defeating those regular Andrew Metsad for all tag champions. And then Dean Ambrose hits Seth Rollins with the dirty D's out of nowhere. I couldn't, I was going to believe it. I was lost. I was looking at the guy next to me sitting in the front row. I'm like, what the hell's going on? What just happened? These guys are the tag champions. And Dean Ambrose puts them to partner now. Like, what in the hell's going on? And we have, you know, Dean Ambrose is playing week after week after week, staying quiet. They're finally talking, saying that you know, because Seth Rollins, what he did to him years, he felt like it was some sort of payback. Why didn't this happen 2015, 2016, 2017? But why were well, Dean was like, four years to do to Seth Rollins what Seth Rollins did to him? I really didn't – it didn't make any sense. I mean, I liked Dean Irving's heel turn. I think it was much needed. We don't know what to look into in the buzz cup, but I I feel like this was kind of the wrong time to do it. Like, a confusing time to do it at that but evidently, they would lose the Raw the Championships. You know, Well, except be BD Tactical by himself, figuratively speaking. While well, being in the car Championship at that, too, but it's like, still, I really didn't get it. These two have a match up here. I don't know if the fans were not into it as much or because there were so many matches. I feel like TLC 2018 was a heavily put pay per view, but we, it's it actually 12 matches throughout the entire night. So I don't know if the fans were restless, but it's more of a sleeper match. You know they are best friends in real life, but I feel like this match could have bought more. It's, it could have a stipulation to it. I really want one match. I'll admit, I even fell asleep a little bit on this match up here. Sanzo is a phenomenal competitor. You know, he beat Shisuke and of the WWE 3 matches at Sarasota 2018. I feel like this match could have had a certain stipulation. The SC title was online, and Dean Rose did win, becoming the Oklahoma Championship in 23 minutes. But I don't know, I feel like... This, the fans wasn't into this match, nor they, they didn't like the storyline between these two. I, I, I thought it was confusing to me. I didn't like this much. This is probably one of the worst Indian World stuff on the matches I've ever seen. And I'm glad that if we didn't do it again, this is like a one-shot only, so, yeah. Next up, we've got the main event. I know, finally. Main event here. I know, it's been a long show, guys. <laughs> we got the main event of the 1st ever triple threat table labs and chairs match against Wolf competing. Oscar, Beckley, and Charlotte Flair. Phenomenal match up here. I love this. I was into this match every second. Because we even saw, at one time, both Becky and Charlotte falling off ladders into separate nail tables at the same time, coincidentally. This was freaking amazing. The, all three of these superstars took bumps, shots at each other throughout everybody. Whether it was a table, a table smash, a ladder shot, or a chair shot. Either way, this was a brutal TLC matchup for three women. This that'll be really deliberate with this matchup here. But good gracious, God, you know, Becky Lynch is the SmackDown Women's Champion. Asuka and Charlotte Flair are challengers. As we see Becky Lynch and Charlotte Flair going up the ladder, we see Ronda Rousey coming in as payback for what happened at Survivor Series or even earlier within the weeks pushing both of them off the ladder. Oscar. Of all people, climbed did the ladder, and Austin won her first Smackdown Women's Championship. That was a big shocker. I did not expect, I thought either it was going to come out to Becky or Charlotte, with Oscar being the shadow of the matchup. But Oscar would have won it because it's a the Championship, making Ron Roddy stick it both to Becky and Charlotte. This was pretty damn surreal here. I was actually happy because for Oscar to be undefeated, losing, having her undefeated, she ended by Charlotte for WrestleMania in 34 early that year. And just to beat throughout the entire year and win the SmackDown women's championship. After never losing the NXT Women's Championship, coming to WWE in October 2017 at Table Lightning 2017. And getting to win at TLC 2018 after the SmackDown Women's Championship. This was pretty damn cool. I loved it. That'd be. I figured that it was going to with the whole Ronda Rousey, Lynch, Charlotte Flair storyline. This was a good way to kick it off here. The WWE did a really good job in this matchup. I condemned them for that. And Ofka becoming the SmackDown Championship was the icing on the cake. <sighs> this match lasts 21 minutes and 45 seconds here. And I gotta say, it was a long event, TLCN, but it was a pretty good finish. A pretty good start, maybe sleepy middle, but a pretty good finish. I enjoyed it. I really did. Ah. Uh, I mean, we've seen a lot of good tables and chairs matches in the past events in the past. I'll be talking about more of them down the line. Thank you guys for tuning to this podcast. This sponsor of bonus episode, I know a really long event, lots of matches. I know. Well, I'll show on next time. Don't worry, <laughs> and we'll see you next time. And guys, enjoy the rest of your day. Enjoy WWE T- NXT, I mean, not WWE NXT. Techwood War Games tomorrow night on WWE Network.